Pastor Joel, uh, is his, it's first time to Iowa. So again, as we, as we made uh, John welcome, we need to make Joel welcome as he comes. Uh, it's a great man of God. He's, he's been doing a great work down in Jackson, Mississippi, pastoring for over 20 years. And uh, I tell you what, uh, if you've listened to any of his uh, sermons, his heart is, uh, it's just, it's unique. And I know that tonight you'll be blessed. So why don't you guys welcome Pastor Joel as he comes and uh, It'll be a great word. Amen. Thank you, my brother. Well, it's certainly good to be in Iowa. This is my first time, but unlike John, I don't come from a city of 10 million uh, in Bogota, so I'm much more familiar with this type of landscape, and I feel right at home. Uh, so it's a joy to be here. Uh, if you, you've never heard me minister before, I get that. Uh, I pastor Word of Life Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, our website is thelife.cc, so it's real simple, www.thelife.cc. Every message I've ever preached is there. We're also on YouTube, or if you like iTunes, that's typically what I use. You can just type in Pastor Joel Sims, and you get all the messages that way as well. But it's an honor to be here in Iowa. Who drove the feathers tonight to get here? Uh, I, I heard we had somebody who drives like 70 miles one way. Where are you at? Look, can we give it up for her, right? What? How many of you know you must love Jesus and love the church if you're doing that, especially on a Monday night? But I, I'm honored to be here. And, and honestly, as a pastor, uh, I don't travel out unless I believe I have a word. Uh, and so, you know, I preach on any given Sunday four times every Sunday. I preached four times yesterday. Uh, we have four different campuses. I preach at three of them live every weekend. We have an 8.30, 11.30, and then we have a 6 o'clock service, kind of like our young adult service, which, speaking of young adults, can we give it up? for all of the young people who are worshiping God in this place. Like that blessed me so much to see young people down here at the altar, young people involved on the praise and worship team. And, you know, I hear so many people talking about like where the world is going and, you know, how they just, you know, wonder about our young people. But how many of you know, if God sent our young people for this generation, he sent them because he knew they were able to handle it and would be world changers in their generation. And so when I see young people on fire for the Lord, I really believe that you are Joshua generation, uh, that you are a generation that's going to step in into the promise of, of, of the Lord in full, uh, that you are a generation that's going to see signs, wonders, and miracles, that you are a generation that's going to see the full measure of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly that our churches should be modern day Book of Acts churches. Um, and we should contend for that. And to see the zeal of the young people, uh, that's what, what carries it uh, to that place because zeal is hunger. And I love that because I see it in my kids as well and their passion confronts my lack of passion sometimes. And that's a good thing. And so uh, I'm just so thankful for a, a church that's just uh, filled with people who love Jesus and will come out here on a Monday night. Uh, and so before we open up God's word, I just want to take a moment to pray. Um, I know that all of you are at different stages of life. And one of the biggest things that I desire every time I communicate is that you don't hear me talk. You hear the Holy Spirit speak. Uh, and so let's take a moment and just uh, yield to him and ask him to help us with that. Father, we come before you. We love you. And we honor you. 
I thank you for your spirit in this place. I thank you for every single man and woman and boy and girl. And Father, I just thank you that by your spirit, you will speak to us. That your word will be a lamp uh, to our feet and a light unto our path. And that this will not be just a global good word. But Father, let it be a specific word to our feet and to our path. And we give you thanks for that. Father, we yield to you and we just thank you that you have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in prayer uh, this afternoon, I really sense for the church and for many of you that it's, it's a time of promotion. And I'm not that guy who comes in and is like, you know, just says something like that to have like a preaching point. But I, I really do sense like there's, it's time for promotion. And whenever you receive promotion, hopefully it re, re, revolves around like an increase of numbers. <laughs> like if you get a promotion on the job, hopefully it equals more pay uh, and that type of thing. And so I, I see in my heart in praying an increase of numbers and an increase of things like that. But it's not just promotion of like an increase of numbers, but when you get a promotion on, uh, on a job, it's an increase of authority. And I, I just sense like a, a fresh and, and, and a new authority coming in this church for that, this area. And I, I had that word regional church in my heart and before I came, um, and I had no idea how regional, that we had like 30 different regions uh, that made up of the church and that type of thing. But I sense like a, a growing authority in the region and um, a ministry of prayer being born that brings fresh revival and things to this community. When you have authority, something needs to be told to go. Something needs to be uh, told to come. And something needs to be told to do this. And, and out of that place of authority, I just wanna encourage you to take that place globally as a church in prayer and to deepen that value in your church and to deepen that value among yourselves because I, I really sense like some of the things that God wants to do, not just in the church, but in the region, in the communities, in, in what's going on here, um, in every sphere of life, politically, socioeconomically, is going to take place through people understanding their new authority in prayer. Uh, and so I'm excited for you in that. And this is not the message, this was just what I had in my heart before the service for you globally. And we'll see if anything specific kind of comes um, throughout the service, we'll see. Um, but I just sense that big in my heart, just new authority from a new promotion. And just an, an increase of numbers, but an increase of authority where you're seeing things change and move in the community and you trace it back to, we prayed for that. That you see things change, like literally in the region, you see things change and you link it up to, we were just praying for that as a church. 
we prayed for that and now we're living in answered prayer. How many of you know that's God's will for you? And that every single day of your life, you find yourself living in answered prayer. Uh, that you wake up and it's like, I, I prayed for this. And it could be something as natural as a house or a car or, or something you're seeing with your kids. But when you see it, it's like, I prayed for this. And I believe like you can do that with your authority over your life. But there is a corporate authority that comes on a church. That this is more than just an assembly. It's an army. And that as you assemble, there's a corporate anointing that goes beyond an individual anointing. And that just simply means a power, a power not of this world that can change the world. Um, that there's a corporate anointing that will rest on places and things to yield a corporate change and a change for the masses. And I just want to encourage you, take your place in that. Stand in that and be big in that. And I, I, I'm not sure if that's an addition to something too um, uh, of like prayer ministry that's already here and just adding to that and taking that or the creation of something new. Uh, maybe it's both. But something where it, it's, it's a greater authority uh, from the promotion and to use that. Tell things to come. Amen. How many of you know we don't look at just mountains and be like, can't believe that. That's a big mountain. We speak to mountains. We use our authority on an individual level. But there's something, some things God wants to do corporately here uh, for this region that need to be prayed out corporately. Um, and so I'm excited for you in that. Amen. Amen. Open up your Bibles if you brought them to the book of Genesis. If you don't know where Genesis is, welcome to Christianity. We're glad to, to have you here on a Monday night. Um, Genesis is the book of beginnings, and we see a man who walked with God. His name was Abraham. And there's a moment in Abraham's life that we're all familiar with um, that I want us to look at tonight in the context of this message. Genesis 22 and verse number one. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Now notice that God tested Abraham. God doesn't tempt, but he does test. He tested Abraham. Um, why does God test? Because he has to have a reason. I want you to get this in your heart. He has to have a reason. It's not that he loves Abraham more. It's that Abraham was proven. Um, God's not a respecter of, uh, of people. He loves us all the same. How many of you know God loves you all the same? But he is a respecter of things. Uh, he's a respecter of those who live by faith. He rewards it. He's a respecter of those who pray in secret. He rewards it in public. He's a respecter of those who give to the poor, give alms in secret. He rewards it in public. God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so God will come and test you. And I feel like many of you are in a season of testing where he's, he's proving you for promotion. And I just sense that, sense that in my heart. I, that wasn't in my notes. But I just sense God is proving you for promotion. He's seeing just how far he can take you. Because he's got to have a reason. 
He's got to be able to, to be able to point to something Abraham did to be able to do what he did in Abraham's life. And so he comes to a moment where God's trying to do something globally, and that's interesting too, for Abraham's life. What he's about to do through Abraham is going to bless Abraham, but it is, like you all, a corporate blessing that's going to bless more than Abraham and his family. It's something for the region. For Abraham, it was something for the world. But he comes in and he tested him, and many of you right now are in a season of testing where God is evaluating and, and out of this, watch Abraham and how he passed his test, because how he passed his test is how you're going to have to pass yours. God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. And he said, take now your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I tell you of. Now, can you imagine God speaking to you to offer one of your children uh, up as a sacrifice? Like we, we just watch a Lauren up there uh, singing and worshiping and that type. Can you like imagine one day if your parents woke up and they're like, ah, we're going to sacrifice you. Like, <laughs> why? Because God told us to. Like, uh, you know, this just baffles human imagination and belief. But this is what's happening in Abraham's life because God always tests you in the thing you love most. Because whatever you love most is the chief object of lordship in your life. And he challenges that. Whatever you love most will be challenged by the Lord. Um, and so out of this, he comes and he's, he's doing something in Abraham's life and he, he gives him this command. He tests him and watch this in verse number three. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Um, no delayed obedience here. His heart is quick obedience rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took his two young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw in the place in a distance. Uh, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Now this is interesting. This is the first time the word worship is ever mentioned in scripture. No other time before this has it been mentioned. And I want you to see the first context the word worship is used in. It's not with God, I love you, you're awesome, hands raised. It is obedience. It is sacrifice. It is the letting go of that which you love. Um, oftentimes we cheapen worship and we, we make it into something that is anything but obedience and faithfulness but the true thing that I worship is the thing that I will sacrifice for if you love your children you will sacrifice for them if you love football you will sacrifice for it if you love hunting you will sacrifice for it whatever you love you will sacrifice for well what the danger of sacrifice though is sacrifice turns into something that is worship and sacrifice reveals lordship, the thing that is controlling you. And so out of this, the, the highest level of worship is the offering to the Lord that which you love the most. 
building an altar and placing the thing that you love on it. And showing the Lord you love him more than you love it or them or that. And he comes and he's, he's taking Isaac and he says, we're going to go worship the Lord. And in verse 7, Isaac spoke to, to Abraham and his father said unto him, uh, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the, the fire and the wood, like I, I see those. I see the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide. Don't you love the faith here? God will provide for himself, the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place that God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Now this is interesting. To get him to do it, he only had to call his name once. To get him to stop, he had to call his name twice. Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, don't do it. Do not, how many of you know Isaac's breathing a sigh really? Do not stretch out your hand against the lad. Do nothing to him. Watch this. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took him uh, the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord there will be provision. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord. Because, watch this, the Lord tested him. The Lord tested him. Because you have done this thing. Well, what, what would have happened had he had not done that thing? Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, indeed, I will greatly bless you. And I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and the sand which is on the seashore and your seed will possess the gate of their enemies in your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed um now this is huge global obedience here all of us in this room are affected because of what he did for god to send the harvest of him giving his only son he needed someone on the earth who would be willing to sow the seed of them giving theirs and because, and this is why Abraham's the father of our faith and found righteousness through his belief, is he was willing to offer his only son, which paved the way for God to give us the harvest of Jesus coming to the earth. His obedience had a global effect, but it also affected him personally. And there are many things that God is trying to do in my life and in yours. And this is one of the, the interesting things, especially for young people. Um, I can remember being incredibly young myself. I'm 40 now, so I'm still young, right? Right? 40 still young. That's what I'm telling, right? I'm wearing black jeans. 40 is still young. I didn't even know I owned black jeans. My wife packed me and I opened it up like the suitcase. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with these. I like that kind of thing. But anyway, 
Uh, so, um, you know, when we're young, we have all of this zeal for worship that is manifested with lots of song and singing loud, which is wonderful, and like fire and ugly crying and tears, and it's wonderful. But where worship really is, is, is if that is leading the way to raw, sheer obedience and the letting go of what God is asking you to let go of. Because God is testing. The Lord knows them that are his. In the Lord's house there are many vessels, some to honor and some to dishonor. Some that will be used for great and mighty things and others who will not. Why? Because of testing. And God is, is placing on the hearts of people individual things to let go of. One of the things that God told Abraham to let go of was his family, which is very interesting. Um, and so he did. He partially obeyed. You remember the story? Uh, he lets go of every one of them but one, Lot. And you read the story, and God blessed Abraham as much as he could with Lot still in his life. But it wasn't until he let go of Lot in final obedience to the Lord that the Lord then said, and now after Lot was separated from him, and now lift up your eyes and all that you see I will give you. And I think all of us want that moment where it's like, lift up your eyes from God and all that you see I will give you. And I've heard that preached so many times. Uh, lift up your eyes and if you can see it, you can be it. I, I, I love that. It preaches well, but it's out of context. God did not tell him to do that until after Lot was separated from him. And when Lot was separated from him, then he could lift up his eyes and possess more. Then he could be promoted. And it's the lots in life that keep us from the big things of God. It's, it's things that God is asking us to withhold and lay down that are still in our lives. And he is waiting for that act of submission and release in order to bring into our lives what he wants to bring. Um, I love missions. I, I have the, the privilege and the honor to go all over the world. I, I typically, uh, every year, go to two to three different nations. And in uh, my 20s, it was a lot of Africa. Anybody ever been to Africa? Okay, lots of people have been to Africa. That's like 10% of the crowd has been to Africa. That's amazing. Uh, so um, I, I've been able to go to Kenya and Uganda and Zimbabwe and Zambia and Egypt and all of those kinds of places. And in my 30s, it was India. Uh, I, I just felt called to that nation, love India. Anybody been to India? Do we have anybody? Okay, one. Okay, a little less to India than, than to Africa. Um, but I, I love both of those uh, places, and in India, on my third or fourth time there, I, I'd gotten to know many of these pastors and had seen them year after year, and I was getting up to preach, and I just came before the Lord with a moment of irritation, and I don't know if any of you have ever been irritated before, but this was like kind of, I felt holy irritation. Like, I, I, I see the passion of these believers. Like, there's a fire that comes from persecution that can't come any other way. And we're starting to see a little bit of that in America, which I think is actually going to be good for us. 
because um, it's one thing when you come down to the altar and everybody's like, I've been praying for this in little Johnny's life. Like, this is amazing. Johnny's giving his life to the Lord and mom's over there crying and grandmother's like, this is what I've been praying for. It's a whole nother thing when you do that and your family kicks you out of the house and you lose your job and everybody, you know, writes you off. It's like when you when you have to leave father and mother for the sake of the gospel. And you're fired uh, for the sake of the gospel, like it, it, it takes passion to a whole nother level when it's counterculture to the world. And we're coming to a place in America where we are going to be counterculture. I don't know if y'all figure that out yet. We are going to be counterculture to the world. Uh, And so out of that, um, it produces like this raw fire. The prayer meeting's the biggest meeting. Uh, The preaching, teaching, all of that is great. But what they want to pray, they want to worship, and they'll do it all night. I mean, it, it, their passion definitely confronts my lack of passion. Many times when I'm there, I'm like, I need to do this. Like, yes, wake me up to come pray with you. Um, all of those kinds of things. And so I'm, I'm seeing all of this like crying out to God, but I'm not seeing God do what they're asking him to do. And it's been years. And so I'm getting ready to preach and I'm like, you know, I'm only over here like a week out of the year. Like I I want to help. Like I want to bring change. And like the things that they're praying for, I actually want them to see because that's the the point of prayer. Um, And somebody says, well, it doesn't work. No, you got to get better at it. It's it's like I can remember when I took my son hunting for the first time. It's like, well, before we go hunting, we got to teach you how to shoot. And so you set up all the cans and it's like you got the the bullets and you're loading them up in the gun and he's over there and he's shooting. He's missing every single target. Uh, But because how many he's not proficient with it yet. There's something about the weapon he doesn't understand. It doesn't mean that the weapon is not dangerous and powerful. It just means he's not proficient with the weapon. And so if I'm praying and I'm not seeing the things that I'm praying for, it doesn't mean prayer doesn't work. It means I need to get more proficient. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good tonight. It just means I need to get more proficient in what I'm doing. And so out of that, I'm like, Father, I need a word for them. And it was almost a little accusatory because I'm like, you know, like you see their passion. I know if I see it, you can see it. And the Lord corrected me. I don't know if you've ever been uh, corrected by the Lord. He corrects those that he loves, according to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, but, but out of that, like, it, it was strong, a strong word in me. And he said, I am not an unjust God. I'm the same here as I am in every other part of the earth. He said, there are two primary reasons why people don't live underneath the open heaven I want them living under. And he said, if you get these two primary reasons in your life, you can live underneath an open heaven. And anything you need, I can get it to you. He said, the two keys are giving and forgiving. Giving and forgiving. He said, if I can't get something out of your hand, there are many things that I can't bring into your life. Many people are praying in fields, and you can understand this due to the the culture we're around. Many people are praying in fields that they have no seed in. What I'm asking for is not in the ground, it's in their hand. 
And he said, the second reason is unforgiveness, is I couldn't get something out of their heart. First one, couldn't get it out of their hand. Second one, couldn't get it out of their heart. And until I'm able to get that out of their heart, I'm not able to bring things into their life. And I really felt compelled over the next two nights, uh, this tonight and tomorrow night, to just talk about those two issues. And when I'm talking about giving, I'm not just talking about money and resources. That's part of it. But I'm talking about the letting go of whatever God is asking you to let go of. Uh, I'm talking about the lot that sneaks up into our lives. Lot is the thing that we love that we don't want to give away. It's the thing that's competing for that lordship. It's, it's the thing that is gravitating strongly to our heart and, and just, we don't want to let go of it. And, and God is testing us with those things and it could be the tithe. It could be something incredibly financial, uh, but it could be something else like in our life that it, it's there and we know it's God's and we know he's asked for it, but it's not his. It's not in the ground. It's still in my hand. And God wants it released in my life, but like I, I, I'm finding it difficult to let go. And God is asking for it. And this is the key to miracles. Like whatever you let go of and let God have is the thing he blesses you in. Um, you see the, the disciples, before their disciples, Peter is fishing all night. He catches nothing. You know the story. And God asks for his boat. And he's cleaning his nets. The crowds are thrusting against him. And Jesus is like, can I have your boat? And he lets him have the use of his boat. After it's over, what does God bless him in? He blesses him in the thing that he let go of. His boat was filled with fish that he tried all night to catch. The cruise of oil. Uh, when it's poured out into other vessels... Uh, as long as it's being poured out and it is being released, it is multiplying and God is adding it back. But as soon as it has nothing else to be released and let go of, the blessing stops. Because God, bless God blesses you in the letting go. And whatever you let God let go of and get in, that's the thing he blesses. If it's the cruise of meal that you're feeding the prophet with every morning before you feed yourself, that out of that, in the letting go of like, can you imagine? She's like, I've got one, one, one little bit of meal left to make one cake for me and my son. We're going to eat it and die. And like the prophet's like, actually, God wants you to let go of that and give it to me. And, it, you know, he would definitely get written up today. Like, he'd, he'd make the paper, I promise you that. It'd be on social. Uh, and so uh, out of that, uh, she has the courage, though. God is testing her to let go of it. And she makes him a little cake first. And the, out of the things she let go of, she finds God gets in it. God got in the things she was willing to let go of. Think of the great woman, the Shunammite. 
here you have a woman, she's sensing God is passing by and, and, and through the form of this prophet and she invites him into her house and she's feeding him. And then she's like, you know what we need to do? We need to build him a little chamber. You know, that, that took sacrifice, funds, everything else to build a little room onto the house for the prophet. And so he's there and God speaks to him. He says, go down and tell her whatever she wants, you know, she can have it. And he's like, what do you want? And she's like, I don't want anything. And he's like, you want me to speak to the king? She's like, I dwell among my own people. He's like, what do you want? And finally the servant speaks up and, she, and says, she wants a child. She's never been able to have a child. She wants a child. And he said, about this time next year, she said, don't you lie to me. Up to that point, she never needed another room. And she didn't build it for a child. She built it for the Lord, but the Lord filled which she was willing to let go of. See, we want miracles. We genuinely want miracles in our life. Or at least I do. I believe you do too. Like, I want a supernatural life. I want signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Like, I want story after story of God's faithfulness in my life. Like, I want these things. But one of the things that I've seen in every miracle is that there, before there was a miracle, there was an instruction to do something. And when it was done, that's when the miracle happened. And in, in every single season you're in, there is a word for that season. And when that word is done, then you get the miracle. Uh, in Jesus's first miracle, fill the water pots up to the brim uh, with, with water. And out of that, take it and draw out wine. And they're like, we just filled it up with water. How's it wine to the governor of the feast? And what did Mary's mom say? Whatever what? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now, here's the thing. How many of you know, in their life and just in yours, God could speak to you right now about 100 things in your life you needed to course correct. Am I right? Uh, like, I don't, I don't care who you are. Or how, you could drive 70 miles one way to come to church. And you've got several things in your life, I do too, that God could speak to. But God's not unjust. He knows what you can do. And so he speaks to one specific area and he asks you to release it. And if they would have come back and been like, Mom, we didn't fill up the water pots up to the brim, but we did tithe. Uh, we didn't, um, you know, fill the water pots up to the brim, but we did do this. Until they fulfilled that specific word for that season, they wouldn't have gotten that miracle. And in every word, in every season of your life, there is a word for that season that when you are found faithful in that word, you are proven for promotion. Found faithful equals proven for promotion. Um, go over to the book of Luke. I'll begin to, to close and then we can pray. I didn't watch the message, but I saw John went an hour and 27 minutes last night. And so I thought, well, if nothing else, I won't go that long. Luke 10. I'm joking. I'm sure it was wonderful. John's a delight. Luke, um, let's go over there and look at it. I said Luke 10, I mean Luke 16. And we'll look at verse number 10. Luke 16 and 10. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful in also that which is much. 
And he who is, is unrighteous with a very little thing is unrighteous also with much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of money, unrighteous wealth, who will entrust unto you true riches? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you your own? So God says, I, these are three tests that we see. I'll test you with a little to see if I can give you a lot. And until you're faithful with little, you won't walk in a lot. I'll, take you, I'll test you with money to see if I can give you true riches. And if you don't handle money right, true riches won't be added to you. I'll test you in another man's and see if you will serve him or her. And based off of what you do with that, then I'll give you your own. I'll test you in the little. I'll test you in money. I'll test you in another man's. I'll see if you will be faithful there. Now, faithfulness is different than excellence. Uh, if you hired me to come in and it's like, hey, Pastor Joel, we want you to come in. And we want you to paint the sanctuary and we want you to paint it brown. Uh, I would come in and tell you I'll have to bring my wife in for that because my wife is like twice as good a painter as I am. Can, any, can anybody relate to that? Like her attention to detail is far superior than my own. Uh, and so out of that, we agree to take the job, me and my wife, with her doing the painting and me being, being you know, there. Uh, so what do you need, honey? Would you like some water? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So we're, we're painting and we're painting it. Um, and, and I look and I say, you know what, love? You know, when I see you put brown up there, I really think the color should be green. And I make a decision to paint it green. Now, you have hired me and paid me to paint it brown. Like, that's the agreement. I paint it green with excellence. I mean, well, I say I paint it. My wife paints it green with excellence. Like, the lines are sharp. And we're so proud of our work because it is excellent. Like, it is, it is no, no runs, smooth, crisp. Green. And you've asked me to paint it brown. And I, I bring you in and I'm like, look at her amazing work. And you come in and you see it's green and you ask me to paint it brown. But I painted it green with excellence. But you asked me to paint it brown. And so many times with God, we are giving life excellence when what he's asking for is faithfulness. And faithfulness always involves instruction. I can't be faithful until I know what you want me to do. And as soon as I know what you want me to do, I got one of two choices. I can be faithful or I can be unfaithful. And if I'm faithful, a faithful man will abound in the blessings of the Lord. But if I'm unfaithful, if I don't pass the test, he'll give me the test to pass again. And in God, there is no social promotion. You can be 18 and, and still eating crackers in the desk, having to shave every morning, and God is not moving you up past kindergarten until you pass. And we see this, the children of Israel were in the wilderness for how long? 40 years. How long was Jesus in the wilderness? 40 days. Because we all go through wilderness. It's just up to you to determine how long you want to be in it. 
And in the wilderness, what do you do? You circle around the same mountain until you do what? You pass. And if God tells you, uh, I'll give you enough manna for today, only pick up enough manna for today, what should you do with that manna? Only pick up what he's asking you to pick up for today. But of course, when they didn't do that, they, they failed. And so the test came repeatedly. And in all of our lives, we have these same things where God is, is it'd be like God coming back to the, the, the guys in his first miracle and being like, it's not going to happen until you fill the water pots up to the brim. You can do all of these other things with excellence, but until you're faithful with the word I gave you, it could be like Peter saying like, ah, I want the miracle. It's like, well, you know how to get it. Well, how? I told you. Launch out into the deep and let your nets out for a drought. That's where your miracle is. It's not here in the shallows. You can't just stay here. You got to launch out into the deep. That's where your miracle is. It's like the children of Israel. It's like, why is this wall of Jericho not falling down? Well, I'll tell you when it will, when you've circled it. And when you've done it for seven days and then you blow the horn, then it'll fall. And we could go through all of them, make them sit down in groups of 50, Jesus said. Constant instruction to see if there would be faithfulness, then the miracle. Proven faithful, then proven for promotion. Uh, so a, a number of years ago, um, my wife um, saved up for me secretly um, for a watch. My father passed away when I was 17. And I, I don't know if any of you... I can relate to that, uh, but it was the, the greatest pain um, of my life that I've ever faced. And when he passed, he didn't have um, a lot of the things of this world, and that's a, a good thing, like that's not a bad thing. Um, but I, I didn't have too many things in my life that like could be passed down um, from one generation to the next. And I was very thankful for those spiritual things, but one of the things that I always thought was like, if I could have like a watch or something like that that had some kind of intrinsic value, like that would be so cool to one day give to my sons, like your, your grandfather wore this and you know, that kind of thing. And so I expressed that to my wife. And so behind my back, because I, I do all the budget in my house, she's the painter, I figure out how to pay for the paint. Uh, so out of that, I budget. And so I saved up all of these, you know, uh, our, you know I, I go through all the line items and can just see where the money goes. And so she saved up secretly for years, literally for years. Um, in a side account that I had no idea about money to buy me a watch and she bought me a nice watch and I was blown away like just crying like have you ever ugly cried especially as a man like right I mean it's like come on get yourself together but but out of that like it just meant so much to me uh, so we built the church that my father and mother always wanted to build and after it, we had two church members who came to us and said we want to celebrate with you we're like great and we're like what do you want to do they're like we want to take you on a cruise to Alaska we know building was had to be a lot I'm like yes I will come sign me up and they're like but we want to come with you I'm like great <laughs> so, I'm joking they're they're a blast uh, so anyway but they came and then they also told us we had it on our heart to bring in um, on the cruise as well, this missionary couple. And it was a missionary who had come out of our church years ago by the name of Kevin Cooley. 
and uh, out of that, uh, are you the brother? Uh, are you? Okay, you know Kevin though. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. So Kevin uh, now passes your church in Mobile, but he still has a work in um, uh, India, and it was a Damata school for Mark Brzee, uh, and now it's called Embassy of Hope. Anyway, him and his wife Adrian are on this trip, and it'd been years since I'd seen him. So I'm out there just praying in the spirit, like having a great time on the back of the boat, looking at glaciers, and God speaks to me. And he's like, I want you to cut covenant with Kevin. Now, what I didn't know is that years before this, my father had told Kevin, the Lord has covenanted me with you to help you in your endeavors in India. And that God was having me honor the covenant that my father made. I didn't know that till a couple of months ago, honestly. But he said, I want you to covenant with, with Kevin and help him in his mission work. And I'm like, okay, great. And he's like, as a sign of covenant, I want you to give something. I'm like, great, name it. Tell me what you want me to give. He's like, I want you to give him your watch. And have you ever told the Lord no? <laughs> I literally said, I literally said, no, Lord. And I meant it. Now, I love the Lord like a, a father. And I, I found him in an intimate way when my father passed. Um, you find the Lord typically through two ways, just deep love or deep pain. And uh, I found him in deep pain and it led to deep love. And so out of that, like, it was a very sincere, loving, like, no, Lord, not like a defiling kind of like, I hear you, but I refuse. It was like, no, you know, you, you know, you know what this means to me that my wife did this and I'll give you anything else, anything else like and he said, I want you to cut covenant with him. And covenant cuts. And I want a cut in you. That you will covenant with the missionaries that I tell you to covenant with. And this is the cut I want to make. I want you to give him that watch and tell him you're covenanting with him in ministry. And so, like, I walked around that boat for a long time, and I'm, I'm wrestling with it. And finally, I just make a decision. I'm going to let it go. And I pull Kevin aside, and I say, the Lord told me to cut covenant with you. I said, I know I don't know you that well, so this may sound awkward. But I said, I'm pledging to you, I'm going to help you in India. And as a sign of covenant, I'm going to give you this watch. And I didn't tell him what it was because there's some things that need to be done in secret. And sometimes if you make them too public, that was your reward. The celebration of man, you did good. When you fight for that, because... Whatever's not turned into praise to the Lord turns into pride. And so, like, I didn't go into all the details, but he knew it was a nice watch. And he looks at it, he's like, thank you. That's amazing. 
And he just puts it on and that's that. And I'm like, you have no idea, sir. You have no idea the sacrifice, sir, that I just made, sir. And I, I walk back to my room and I tell my wife and we pray and we, we give it over to the Lord. And I felt joy that I showed him because in that moment, it wasn't just, I love this watch more. It was, I love you more than I love my wife. I love you more than I love all these things. You're first. And it began a journey of the Lord covenanting me with missionaries. And he told me, he said, if you will be faithful to send your support uh, to Joshua's who are in the field, like Moses sent his support to Joshua's who were in the field, I will give you strength. And I will send two men into your life who will be your Aaron and her, and they will tell you to sit down and they will uphold your strength as long as you are sending your strength to Joshua's missionaries who are in the field. Covenant with them. And so I did this with the ones he showed me. When he told me that literally three months later, two men walked into my office, paid the whole church off. Literally sat down in the office and they were like the guy was preaching a couple of Sundays ago It wasn't even me who was preaching. I brought in a guest. I'm like I need to bring him back uh, You know that kind of thing But he's pre and they're like when he was preaching the Lord told us to come in ask you how much was owed on the church And to pay it off. They paid off the whole thing It's an 11 million dollar facility We didn't owe 11, but we owed a lot Paid off the whole thing now, I am closing. Years later, I sensed in my heart, promotion is coming. And I sensed the same thing for this church and many of you who are in here. I mean it by the Spirit. I don't just say that to be saying it. I mean it by the Spirit of the living God. Promotion is coming. There's something God is wanting to do here. There's something God wants to do for you. He wants there to be an open heaven where you are seeing some of the things you've been believing for and contending for, some of you for years. And I could sense that. I had been praying in the Spirit and the Lord told me quadruple. And I'm like, okay, like size, like that kind of thing. And he's like, no, Google. And, so I, and it means... One of the definitions for quadruple was consisting of four parts. And the Lord told me, he's like, you're going to walk in that. And so I tried, meaning our church, go into four parts, like four campuses. And so I, I'm trying to like walk it out because when God shows you something, you need to walk it out, pray it out, talk it out. I'm, I'm trying to walk it out, but I'm meeting frustration. And it's like, this is not an open heaven. And there is sometimes resistance that is from God. Not all resistance needs to be resisted. God resists the proud. And there is some resistance that needs to be spoken to, but there's other resistance that needs to be listened to. When you're Jonah, not letting go of what God tells you to do, you can speak to that storm all you want. But the only thing that will change it is you going the other way. God resists the proud. And I'm sensing this resistance. I'm like, oh, what is that? So I go to India, and I'm there in India, and God loves me so much. He built me. I, I believe it was just for me. 
Honestly, they think it was for them. I'm thinking he did it just for me. A courtyard by Marriott in the middle of nowhere India. Like, it's right where the missions base are that we support. And if you have any idea where I was staying before this, you'll understand. Like, supplication was made for the Indian people, but it was also made for a nicer place when I go. And sure enough, they built a courtyard by Marriott, and India was actually using it as the training hotel for any other than Thing they did in India and so you get the best service people are so nice there's a hot shower and in th this uh, hotel it overlooks um, a train station and it's one of my favorite places in the world to pray because you're just sitting there they built it high too because land's expensive and so you build up versus out and so I'm, I'm there and I'm looking over India and there's this train going. I've got my worship music on. I'm drinking, they had an espresso, come on, right? An espresso machine in the room. I'm drinking Nespresso, having a great time. And I'm there just praying in the spirit, looking at this train in the distance, like literally the smoke is coming up. I'm like, God, you're awesome. Like, this is amazing. And the Lord speaks to my heart and he says, you have been unfaithful. You have been unfaithful. And honestly, I teared up. I, I love the Lord like I love him. And I just teared up and I said, how? How have I been unfaithful? And he said, I told you to cut covenant with Kevin Cooley. I said, I know, Lord. And he said he had it on his heart to build a facility. I said, I know. And he said, but you disagreed with him in building it. And I did. I knew what he was talking about. I told Kevin, I've built buildings before. Buildings take time. If you buy a building, you can start ministry now. You can take photos of it, you can take photos of the Bible school, you can send it out, but to build, it takes time. So I think it makes more sense to buy a building than to build a building. And it wasn't a disagreement, it was just a different way of thinking. But he went with the building route. And I did not decrease my support I never told anybody I disagreed with it, but I didn't get behind it fully. There was that moment of hesitancy of holding on to what God wanted me to let go of. And he said, you have not helped him like I told you to help him. And in you not helping him, you have discouraged him you have discouraged him and delayed the work that I've wanted to do in the earth. You've discouraged him and you've delayed the work that I want to do in the earth. And also the work I want to do for you. And I'm, I pick up on it. That's the resistance I've been feeling. God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. What is humility? 
It's not thinking of yourself less. It's trembling under his hand. It's bringing yourself low. It's being the child who, who comes when he calls. When Jesus was preaching one time, he called a child out of the audience and the child comes and stands before him. And Jesus says, whoever humbles himself as this little child, the same as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The problem is we don't know the name of that child. We don't know how old that child was. We don't know who the child's parents were. What do we know about the child? The only thing that made it humble was what? It came when he called. He asked that child to do something, and what did the child do? He did it. Unless you humble yourself as this, not a, this little child. Faithfulness is doing whatever he tells you to do. And I told the Lord, I got on my knees and I, I worshiped and I said, forgive me, Lord. And of course he did because he's so gracious and he's so good and he's patient and he's kind and he's wonderful in every way. But I, I cried a river on that floor and told the Lord, I will be faithful. I repent. And the Lord told me also, he said, besides that, he said, do you think everybody in your church agrees with you about every decision you make? I'm like, well, he's like, no. I'm like, I know, I know. He's like, and what kind of seed do you want to sow in your ministry when they disagree with you? Do you want them to withhold support? When you express what I've told you to do? He said, that is not your ministry. That's his ministry. And that's what I've asked him to do. And what I've asked him to do is no opinion to you. Serve him. Unless you're faithful in another man's, that's one of the tests. Another man's, God will not give you your own. And so I went to preach that night and afterwards I get back to the hotel room and we're going up the, the elevator and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm knowing like I got to repent to him too and just tell him I'm sorry. And so we're going up to the hotel room or going up, you know, to our rooms and, you know, we're going to change and then go have dinner. And he's like, will you come to my hotel room real quick? And I'm like trembling on the inside. I'm like, oh, gosh, Lord, I repented to you. You didn't have to reveal anything to him. Like, come on, Lord. Like, you know, my heart uh, and like all these types of things. He's like, will you come to my hotel room? I'm like, yes. And so I, I go into his room and I walk in and he walks in before me and he goes to his bed and he picks up something and he brings it back. And he hands it to me. And he says, open it. And I open it. It's this beautiful leather journal. And he said, Joel, you have been our greatest partner. And he tells me this. And I just say, thank you, but can we stop? I said, I have been unfaithful. You have expressed your vision. And I have not gotten behind it. And I told him why. And I said, I know I haven't decreased my, decreased my giving. I know I'm here at the conference, but I have not been faithful with helping you. And the Lord has told me it's discouraged you and it's delayed what he wanted to do in India. 
And so I, I said, will you take me to that land tomorrow? And he accepted my repentance and we went to the land and I picked up a rock from the land that he wanted to build that Bible school on. And I put that rock on my desk and I told the Lord, I will not do anything for myself until I have paid for every single square foot of that Bible school. You give seed to the sower. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you are giving me seed to make this happen. And the Lord did. And we sent him the money. Since that time, the Lord's given me three churches. Literally given me three churches. From that time until then, our ministry quadrupled during COVID. Um, ties and offerings, same way. And I don't say that in any shape, form, or fashion to brag because I am not pleased with my actions that took me that long to do that. I say it to say promotion for so many of you is right on the other side of your faithfulness. And it's okay to be in a position where you need to repent because repentance doesn't mean feel shame and feel bad. It just means to do something in the complete other direction that I will let go of whatever the Lord is asking me to let go of. And so let's have a moment tonight just in the spirit where we just pray. And I'll ask um, maybe the worship team or a keyboard or something like that to play. And let's just have a time tonight of surrender where like Abraham, we climb the mountain. We bring our offering and we make a decision that tonight, Lord, I will be faithful with whatever you're asking me to let go of. Father, we invite you into this place I invite you into this service. I invite you among these people. Thank you for deep surrender tonight. That Father, we know covenant often cuts, but Father, we love you more.
bowed, every eye closed tonight. I just sense some of you have had some things in your life that you've wanted to let go of and areas that have brought just a lot of shame. And I'm not going to add to that shame, and, and neither will the Lord, but it's just areas in res wrestling with things regarding sexuality and just lust and things that have just, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the Lord is, is asking to just be let go of. And I just sense like the Lord's grace is here to help you. That mercy is so wonderful from the Lord, it cleanses the past and there is mercy, but there is not just mercy from the Lord. Mercy is for the past. Grace is for the present. Grace is for the future. And there is a grace here for you. With your surrender tonight, there is a grace here. And I just hear the Lord saying, not just for that. There are some of you primarily for that, but not just for that. There is a grace to let go tonight. A grace to let go of the weight. A grace to let go of the sin. A grace to let go of the things that so easily have beset you in the past, but no more. No more. You will let go of those things and you will run your race and you will finish your course. There'll not be a hindrance to you any longer. The presence of God right now burns those things off of you right now in the name of Jesus. His abundant, abounding, marvelous, wonderful grace now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just tell them tonight, say, I surrender, Lord Jesus. I surrender, Lord Jesus. I surrender, Lord Jesus. All to you, Lord Jesus, I surrender. Just tell them over and over again, I surrender, Lord. All to you, Jesus, I surrender. All to you. Just tell them tonight, I surrender, Lord. I surrender. I surrender, Lord, all to you. And all I do, I surrender, I surrender. Oh, I surrender. Just tell them tonight. I surrender all to you, all to you. I surrender. I surrender all to you, all to you. Just tell them tonight. I can't sing, but you can help me. I surrender. <laughs> I surrender all to you, all to you. I surrender. I surrender all to you, all to you. 
I want to be a vessel. Just tell them tonight. I want to be a vessel that you can use, that you can flow through. I want to be a vessel. I want to be a vessel that you So I surrender, I surrender all to all to you. I surrender, I surrender all to you. Just sing it out. Yeah, sing that out. All to you. Yes, we do, Father. some new school things and if, if you're just here tonight and you just say I want to surrender at the altar I want to get some alterations at the altar and just have a moment with the Lord just come to the altar if you want to you can get on your knees there's a posture of humility that comes from that and sometimes it's not about an outward posture it's about what the outward posture does to the hidden man and woman of the heart uh, just saying, Father, I, I want to be a vessel that is surrendered to you. I want to be a vessel that's not doing its own way or its own thing. I want to be surrendered in every arena of my life. I want to give you my life. I want to give you my family. I want to give you my children. I want to give you my call. I want to give you my past. I want to give you my future. I surrender, Father, all to you.
thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Freedom in this place. There is freedom in this place. Freedom to run your race. <laughs> yes, tonight, 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 tonight. Oh, there's freedom in this place. Freedom to run your race. Tonight, 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 there is freedom in this place, freedom to run your race. Oh, tonight. And I just hear the Lord saying, oh, the places I will take you and oh, the things I will let you walk through. For the past is behind you and my glorious future is in front of you. You are letting go of the weights and the sins that have so easily in the past beset you, but no more. No more will these things be things that trip you up. No more will these things be things that hold you back. No more will these things be things that irritate you and frustrate you by my grace because you are seeking my face. You will step into place. Places of the Spirit and places that I've assigned and called unto you. Places that have been assigned for you of authority and of power for your family and even for this state. In the name of Jesus. So rise up now and take your place. The old things are past. It's a new day. It's a new season. Take your place. Run your race. For you are free to run. You are free to run. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And even, I hear the Lord say, and even the things in the past that you thought would define you will not be the things that you are known for. And for some of you, those are things you wouldn't want to be known for. But for others of you, it's victories in the past that your mind has tried and the enemy has tried to tell you that's all there is. But I hear the Lord say, there is more for you. There is more for you. And the victories that are ahead of you will be the things that define you. Not the struggles or the victories behind you, but the victory that is in front of you will be what defines you. In the name of Jesus, greater things ahead for you. Greater things in store for you. Greater things in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So we surrender, Father. All to you. All to you. We surrender, Lord. All to you. We want to be vessels, Lord, that you can flow through. Vessels that you can use. So we surrender, Lord. All to you. I surrender. Just one more time. I surrender all to you. All to you. 
That this moment right here tonight is the turning point where things shifted, where things changed, and they will point to this moment, this moment of surrender, this moment of surrender where your spirit empowered them to never go back, only moving forward in Jesus' name. thank you for this vessel that you have given unto this place. This vessel you have given unto this world. And Father, I thank you that there are answers to every question she is seeking. An answer to every mystery that is before her. And I thank you for the spirit that you've given her. A spirit that has not bowed when others have. A spirit that has strived to be faithful and true for you. And that doesn't mean perfect. It just means surrendered. And Father, I thank you. the Lord say beautiful things coming from you beautiful things coming from you but not just things that the world calls beautiful things that the Lord does it'll set captives free and bring liberty to those who are bound It'll open the eyes of the spiritual blind and they will see the hope of their calling through what comes through you. It'll go farther than you think it will. 
the beautiful things that come through you. So allow the Lord to finish the work which he began. And don't turn to the flesh what was begun by the Spirit. Let him finish it. And you will be glad you did. In the name of Jesus. Beautiful things come from you. Every person, every friend, everything you need be added to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. A completion of everything you need. Nothing missing in Jesus' name. say it's not over it's not over the best is yet to come it's not over the best is yet to come the greatest miracles are not behind you they are in front of you it's not over it's not over the best is yet to come you Lord Jesus I just hear what next what next what next what are we going to do next what next what next what next the hidden things will be made manifest in the light they've not been hidden from you they've been hidden for you and the spirit will show them to you and they will be beautiful in your sight in the name of Jesus the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I just see some of you are in a bridge season where you're not quite in the new but you're not in the old either you're on you're in a bridge I just see a bridge and it's a beautiful season <laughs> like the bridge is beautiful I see it in my spirit the bridge is beautiful but it's not quite in the new and it's frustrating because you're not in the new but you're not in the old and old things are passing away and you know you can't turn back, but that was comfortable to you, so you want to. But I just hear the Lord say, do not go back, go forward in Jesus' name. Enjoy the bridge while you're on it, but no, it's not the end. It's the transition to the next thing. Move forward, move forward, for there is more for you. Move forward, for there is more more in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I see the other side it's beautiful move forward don't go back move forward in Jesus name Father we love you so much and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Well, I said I wasn't going to preach as long as John, but I lied. 
I guess I didn't preach as long. We kind of did some other things. But what a joy it's been to be with you. Hopefully I'll see you again tomorrow night. Be blessed. Thank you. Let's give it up for him. Thank you, Pastor Joel, for your obedience. You know, um, I think that what he shared was just, it, it, it just helped us. It helped us to see surrender, see what that really means like, means in our lives as believers. And so I just encourage you that as you go, you know, don't forget this. You need to write this down. You need to keep it in front of you this night, this time, what you and the Lord talked about. Don't, don't forget it. Remember it because it is a defining moment in the place of our lives and in the place of this house. Amen. And so uh, thank you, Pastor Joel. Great word. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. again, coming back to sharpen, 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 right? And so uh, bring your neighbor, bring your friend, bring your cousin, bring your friend, bring, bring your coworker. Be touched by heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, go ahead and stand up. Thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for being a part. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, 7 p.m., back here, live and in color. You guys have a great day tomorrow, and we'll see you back tomorrow.